Welcome to Views from Stadium Boulevard. I'm Harley Johnson. And I'm Hannah Harshi. And we're back for another week of your favorite Michigan sports podcast. And this week we are discussing Michigan's 52-17 win against an unranked Rutgers at SHI Stadium in Piscataway. I was there. Once again, I'm following this football team around, so I'll talk a little bit about my experience at the game itself. But of course, we are going to start off with Around the Hand and Harl, where we each get exactly one minute, no more, no less. No less. No less. To no summarize less. the game. Absolutely no <laughs> less. One minute. No. Maybe more, because we, no. we, we tend to do more, but it no, shouldn't no be more. No more. No more. No more, no less. And you're going first. Okay, sweet. Let me pull up my notes app. Let me pull up my timer app. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, ready? Yes. Sweet. Michigan and Rutgers was a little more interesting for Rutgers um, in the first half of the game as the Scarlet Knights would end up leading 17-14 at the end of 30 minutes. The highlight for them was a blocked punt turned scoop and score to put Rutgers on the board. Michigan's offense kept running up the middle and the receivers would drop the passes and things weren't really clicking for Michigan. So everyone was set at half, um, but Michigan decided to change that by outscoring the Scarlet Knights 38-0 in the second half. Running back Blake Horm continues along the Heisman train after rushing 109 yards and two TDs. Donovan Edwards also rushed 109 yards, putting two Michigan running backs over 100 100 yards. Um, So sad for Rutgers' defense. Um, Donovan Edwards also caught a touchdown pass from JJ, unlike the other receivers. Um, Mark (laughs) Barrett had two interceptions, one a pick six to wear the buffs for the rest of all time. Will Johnson also grabbed an interception. Um, as a freshman five-star should and would, and Michigan was flourishing in the second half to win 52-17 to in Piscataway. Or New Brunswick, I guess. On the banks of the rare town. No, Piscataway. <laughs> um, okay, you went like 11 seconds over. Okay. Um, I've, go ahead. You know, what were you going to say? I really thought that I like was going to be short, so I'm kind of impressed that I... It was only 11 seconds over because I thought it was like going to be 11 seconds under. So I guess I would rather take mm. you over. You took a JJ McCarthy and overthrew it. I didn't overthrow it. I showed the receivers right the money just didn't and somebody <laughs> dropped it. <laughs> and it was me. I was supposed to stop the t- stopwatch when it got just a second. <laughs> um, Clearly. Okay, two your turn. notes. No, can I give feedback? <laughs> you want feedback? And by oh feedback, I just mean, like, things I thought about as you were speaking. Okay, cool. Um, the first thing I feedback. thought about was when you said Blake Horum Hor- uh, is on the Heisman train. Um, speaking of trains, <laughs> I texted you during the game, and I was like, is Rutgers affiliated with trains? And you're like, no, that's Purdue. And I was like, right, right, thanks. They really <laughs> were, like, into their train sounds. And then... After the game, as I was reading some articles, like, some of them were like, yeah, they, like, did too much with the train sounds. They're not Purdue. And I'm like, okay, I'm glad that wasn't just us who came to that conclusion. Um, And secondly, the stadium is in Piscataway, but the campus is in New Brunswick. And the reason Mm. I think this is important to note is because they had a million shuttle buses waiting right outside the stadium. Um. After the game to go to campus, which was so convenient. And I know that wouldn't really work in Ann Arbor because the stadium is so close to campus. But it really helped with traffic. 
Because, like, we were going to order an Uber, and it would have been impossible to order an Uber to the stadium because of all the traffic. But, like, you can just get on a shuttle bus, and it takes you right to New Brunswick, and then there's no traffic there, and you can order your Uber there. And it was just so nice. So, shout out to Rutgers for that. I liked it. Shout out to Rutgers for being prepared for... Well, you know, they're not also, like, fronting, like, double the population on a Saturday, so... Yeah, but I feel I guess like, there's that. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like there's something there that Michigan could work with. Like, the, the oh, no, pure there's so many people of, that go there. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right, you're right. It is a lot more people. But the number of shuttle buses that were just waiting, like, right outside the stadium, it was, like, yeah. ten, like, lined up. And, like, you could just, like, get on one and it would, I don't know. That was pretty nice. Sorry. I, I know that's not the point <laughs> of this podcast. <laughs> Um, okay, let me pull mine up. Okay. Ready? I'm ready. Yeah. All right. Go for Can it. I, okay. <laughs> Michigan kicked off at 7.30 p.m. during a delightful 75-degree evening in Piscataway, New Jersey. The first half was fluky. Michigan was down five starters due to injury. Rutgers scored off a block punt. Michigan scored two fourth-and-goal touchdowns. Jake Moody missed two field goals. Michigan was down 17-14 at the half and was trailing for the first time, trailing at the half for the first time all season. Mm -hmm. But then Michigan was dominant in the second half. They played like a championship team. Even though it is Rutgers, they still looked like how a championship team should play against Rutgers. They Mm -hmm. uh, Michigan intercepted three Rutgers passes, scored 38 points, and shut Rutgers out in the second half, didn't commit a penalty or allowed a sack, and outgained Rutgers 220 yards to 57 yards. Blake Corum for Heisman. Amen. Mm-hmm. Wow. You are 11 seconds under. Wow. We, we just tied. Out. We just tied. <laughs> we just tied. But also, like, like if you actually, I was going to say. We go add, us. Yeah. If yeah. you add them up, we're right at two minutes. That's teamwork. Let's go. That is teamwork. It makes the dream work. Wow. Love that. Amazing. Um,. Okay, I guess I can start with my first grow. So for glows and grows, my first... going to start with grows. Or do we want to start with glows? I don't know. Okay, I'll start with a glow. My yeah, glow, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my glow <laughs> is the Rutgers experience. Because I, I texted Harley this. Genuinely, and I'm not being ironic here, the only thing the big house has on SHI Stadium is that it's bigger. Their experience at the game was so much fun. It was so cool. And, like, I know I've seen, like, critics say that the big house needs to get with the times and the fan experience isn't good. And I've never really understood that because I've always found games at the big house to just be, like, the most fun thing in the world. And they are, but it's really just because it's so many fans packed into one space and seeing what Rutgers does with a smaller stadium with like the music was amazing they had light shows like the LED lights in the stadium they did a drone show up in the sky like it was just so much fun um and obviously there's the horse and the cannon they it was a really really cool experience and the big house should take notes Imagine the big house lighting off fireworks. Yeah, there were fireworks after, like, everything. I was like, okay, enough of the fire. And the train sounds. It was At times it was a bit much, but, Obsessed. like, I'll take it. Oh, yeah. I guess that means that we really just have to 
travel more and expand our experiences beyond the big house because I would totally agree with you like I don't know if I've had more fun anywhere else but then again we were both students at Michigan and it just means more you know to be in your own (laughs) home it just just means means more to be at your own home (laughs) and like the big house is surrounded by so many people and yeah it's the largest crowd watching a football game anywhere in America today but like the only other places I had watched a football game in America or anywhere else in the world today (laughs) is at Lucas Oil when we went to watch the Big Ten Championship which like that was it was fine but I wouldn't say like the stadium didn't do anything special and then I went to the Boston College main game earlier this year (laughs) and that was at Alumni Field which is Boston College's stadium and that's kind Mm. of what I had expected from Rutgers to be honest like it felt like a really big high school game and I was like, oh, this is probably what stadiums that, like, aren't the big house caliber are like. Like, it's still fun. Like, it's still a football game. But it's not, like, you know, the whole fan experience. But the Rutgers mm-hmm. game was, like, a million times more fun than the Boston College game. Which I guess I should have known because, well, actually, no. How would I, would you, have, would you have assumed that Rutgers has a way more fun stadium than Boston College? Or in your brain, would they have been the same caliber? I guess I would assume just based on the fact that I have Big Ten bias that Rutgers would be more fun yeah that's true and it's like a little weenie ACC team that doesn't make nearly as much money as us yeah (laughs) Yeah, no you're right and I do think that SHI was a lot bigger than Alumni Stadium let me actually look that up SHI Stadium capacity 52,000 Alumni Stadium capacity 44,000. I guess it's not a huge yeah. difference, but it felt different. It, I mean, also, I'm sure some of it can be attributed to the fact that Boston College was playing Maine when I went there, which no one even mm-hmm. knew that Maine had a football team. Oh, that's a good point. Um, my glow that I had, or did you have another glow for your experience? No, that was my glow. Watching this game live? Okay, my glow was the second half adjustments from Michigan. Mm-hmm. Because like you alluded to in your around the hand and Harl like summary uh we looked like a championship caliber team in the second half and yeah sure it was records to quote you but at the same time I've never been more impressed with how Michigan was able to adjust um out of the half and just absolutely obliterate records which I I don't know it just made me a firm believer I really and I obviously the CFP too. Now we're number three, and rightfully so. Um, it was in the defense too. Oh my goodness, they were shining stars. The whole team was. The second half was so much more fun to watch, and I bet it was for you too. Because, it was so fun. <laughs> yeah, the first half I was like I was like jealous before the game started about you like you being there because I was like oh my gosh I wish I was there like on the banks of the old rare time rotan and um and then the game like turned out how it did in the first half and i was like "Mm, i'm really glad i'm at my house because i'd be like really upset and then you know the second half happened and i was like okay i wish i was like on the banks again (laughs) (laughs) yeah the thing on the banks was that like on the banks with me were like mostly just michigan fans like there were a couple it was actually pretty funny there was a group of like michigan frat boys behind me like 
oh, graduates, but like recent frat boys, and like yeah. they like knew they were dressed in head to go head to toe Michigan gear, but then they were like mm-hmm. singing every word to like on the banks of the old Rattan, and I was like, okay, what? <laughs> like who who other than me like knows this? Knows this song? <laughs> and apparently it was like a whole group of um guys who like had grown up near New Jersey and like grew up Rutgers fans, so they knew all the cheers. Um, but they, like, went to Michigan, and it's one of those, like, I don't know, Michigan and Rutgers, it's obviously one of those programs where, like, you can root for both, and I'm sure for them, as, like, it just, it doesn't feel that serious unless you're a Michigan fan and you, like, can't have Michigan lose, but I was only, Mm -hmm. like, luckily, I guess what I'm getting at is, like, Rutgers fans weren't, like, trash-talking or, like... Rubbing and it in our really face at the half. Room to do so, yeah. They don't have the space to do so. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I agree. It was. I was like, if I have to leave this game after a loss, I Oof. will not be happy. But luckily, it was not even close to that. And I remember, and I'm sure you remember, back in the day, Michigan teams used to not be able to overcome adversity and like. As long as we could maintain a lead, we were fine, but we could not come back from behind. So I'm really liking the second half team era that we're in right now. And it's not like we're not dominating in the first half because we're still mm-hmm. like doing well in the first half. But the fact that we're a second half team gives me a lot more confidence because that means that we are making adjustments and not running off of pure adrenaline. Mm, good point. And for the grow that I have, it was simply catching balls receives <laughs> and i could <laughs> catching receives if you will <laughs> receiving receives Ca- receiving receives receiving balls whichever one <laughs> receiving catches the point across that <laughs> you know for the majority of the passes that i saw from jj mccarthy they were pretty spot on the ball just didn't stay in the receiver's hands i don't know what occurred to have it be as such. But I think we should all just reckon with the fact that, sure, JJ had, like, a decent amount of incomplete passes and all of, like, the more, like, attempts beyond 20 yards were kind of sad. But at the same time, a lot of them weren't completely off the mark. Like, I'll use, like, Joe Milton as an example. If he had tried to throw the same pass, it would have gone at least, what, 10 yards past the receiver Whereas JJ was throwing passes that were very easily catchable for the most part. And so I'm just when we're when we're looking at this, can we like just like determine that the receivers need to do better at like bringing the ball in? Yeah, that's what I have in uh, my grow as well. Okay. <laughs> awesome. You, we're on the same You page had here. the the receives, I had the receivers. Um it's kind of depressing that our leading receiver was a running back, Donovan Edwards. Right. Um, <laughs> and also, he only had 52 receiving yards. So it's not mm-hmm. even like that's that high of a number. The next highest was Ronnie Bell at 43, and then a massive drop to Cornelius Johnson at 18. Our receivers just need to get open. Like, this is Rutgers we're talking about. You can find mm-hmm. a way to get open. I mean, luckily, we have a really good ground game, and we haven't needed our receivers a lot, but, like, it would be nice to add a little bit more dimension, and I don't know what's going on with our receivers, but we need to make this possible because our receiver room is insanely deep. We should not have 
We should not be having a game against Rutgers where we don't have a single receiver with more than 43 yards. That's just like, Mm -hmm. no. Completely agree with that. Oh, and also. That too is like when our like running backs are just like running it right up the middle. I was like, can we like open the offense just a little bit? And the receivers just were not helping. Yeah, we're really going with the like, what is it? The three, three yards in a cloud of smoke mentality. That's. I, like, it's working for us. It doesn't feel like it's, like, slow necessarily. Like, we're mm-hmm. dominating, so it's not like it's a, a low scoring, but we stay on the field the whole time. But, like, seriously, if anything were to happen to one of our key players, like, we just don't have a lot of options right now. Also, for a specific number, J.J. McCarthy is 13 for 23 on um, pass attempts against Rutgers. Or, sorry, 13 for 27. For a total of 151 passing yards. Mm. Lovely. (laughs) Wonderful. Okay, two truths and a lie? Yes, please. Would you like me to truth and lie first? I would like you to try and fool me with two truths and a lie. Okay. Over the last four games, Michigan has outscored their opponents 100-3 to in second halves. Over the last four games, Michigan has outscored their opponents 53-48 to in the first half. Donovan Edwards was Michigan's leading rusher with 109 yards. Against what was Rutgers? the lie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the last one's the lie. <laughs> Why is that the lie? <laughs> because both Gorman and Donovan Edwards had 109 rushing yards. Yeah, I kind of knew you numbers. would know that one. Like, 109, like, that's such an exact number to tie at. Good I know. I feel like that's why I, like, knew it. I was like, that's so fun to know. We had yeah. two of them. But isn't that crazy yeah. that Michigan has outscored opponents 100 to 3 mm-hmm. in second halves recently? Like, and that's against last four games. So that's Penn State, Michigan State. Rutgers and whoever they played before Penn State. Mm. Who did we play before Penn State? Indiana. Have we right? played Indiana? Have yeah. we played Indiana yet? Sure. <laughs> yes, that was the um, that was the Mike Hart game. Oh, oh gosh, yeah. You're I'll absolutely right. Out. I mean, I did know that one. So like when you said it, I was like, all right, that one's the truth. <laughs> Um, yeah, the second one crazy. you probably could have got me on, but then you said the third, and I was like, oh, by far. <laughs> that one is the lie. Yeah, we're definitely a second half team, which is like mm-hmm. encouraging. I love to hear that. Yeah, I yes. love to hear that. All right, ready? Yes. Number one, CJ Stroud threw 76 yards, and Ohio State had 283 total yards to Northwestern's 285. Michigan Ooh. is now, okay, number two. Michigan is now 8-1 and one against Rutgers. Rutgers' largest margin of victory against Michigan is 3. Mm-hmm. Number 3, Michigan State lost in every category to Illinois but the final score. Those all sound like truths to me. Um. Okay, so I like agree with the second one because Michigan has lost to Rutgers once and it was your freshman year and I know mm-hmm. that you have like mentioned that and... Three sounds like a good number of points for them to win by. Um, 
I believe that Michigan State lost by everything besides points because it's Michigan State, and I don't even know how they won that game. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll say that you made up one of those stats about C.J. Stroud. I did not. Oh. that That is all true. Okay. The largest margin of victory is two. They beat us oh. 26-24. Wow, you fooled me. 26-26 what? 24. 26-24, yeah, that is two points. Mm-hmm. I was right. like, wow, look at that margin of victory, and ours is 78-0. Yeah. <laughs> Which, like, the more I reflect on 78-0, like, why did we do that? No, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's a bad precedent. I think for me. like Harbo was still in his like quirky era when he was like really edgy. Yeah, which he's bringing you know? that back. But like at the time, I just enjoyed it, and then I think it just set the bar too high for me because ever since then, I'm like, well, it wasn't seventy eight zero, and now I'm like, <laughs> yeah, because you're not supposed to do that. Like, no. <laughs> someone could get you're hurt. Like, put someone else in. <laughs> um, but that was my gold standard for the longest time. It was, like, a nice, like, standard to have, but also it's, like, very unattainable. Well, it's, like, just, attainable, like, but just, like, why would you do that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, like, I we guess, could like, have done know, that against Hawaii years. if we wanted to, yeah. or UConn, but, like, we, like, we did it. pulled our starters, like, the entire second half, because that's what you're supposed yeah. to do. <laughs> that's the nice thing to do. I'm sure we were just trying to, like, show off to the committee. Yeah. 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 I think we also had recruits at that game. That's also fair. Because they were probably the only people in the stands. Rutgers has gotten exceedingly, like, better since we played them in 2016 and blew them out like that. I mean, we, yeah. could, we obviously saw it with our own eyes. The last, like, two games were really close between Michigan and Rutgers. And obviously this past one that we saw wasn't really close at the end. But Rutgers' defense looked really solid to me, at least in the first half. So, Rutgers is and a more formidable well. opponent than Michigan State this year. And they're a more formidable opponent than, like, Furman. Also, rest in peace to Clemson. You will not be missed. Um. <laughs> Do we want to go into superlatives? Oh, yes. You can have the first one. Too. Okay. Oh, did we like to uh, di- distinguish between the two? Okay, we're good. We yeah. Did. All right, so the first up is the men's football diaper dandy of the week, uh, and that goes out to Will Johnston, our five-star corner, I do believe, uh, had the, th- well, Michigan had three interceptions on the game, and Will Johnston came up with the third one for the team, and honestly, I don't have the numbers off the top of my head right now, but one of the things that Michigan's defense kind of lacked so far this season has been uh, turnovers and to be able to come away with three interceptions in one game is quite impressive. And um, yeah, so Will Johnson, welcome to Diaper Dandy of the Week. And then our Vibe to the Vibes is, you know what, actually I'm going to skip Vibe to the Vibes and then combine that with another award. So first, okay. 
I'm going to give the Stop Throwing Up Award, which goes to none other than Blake Corum, who keeps throwing up, <laughs> and there is consistently coverage of it. I don't know if that needs to be, like, covered the way it is, but he was, no. like, asked about it in, like, I don't know if it was a press conference, but he was asked about it this week, and he's like, I need to check that with a doctor. It's, like, the adrenaline, and because of the adrenaline, I, like, breathe too much, and whatever. He had, like, a, a reason for it, but, like, to be honest, Blake Corum... My best guess is it's because you, like, eat an entire bag of Sour Patch Kids before every game. And you're, like, waltzing around the field, like, eating those Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> I would not be able to do any form of physical activity after eating a bag of Sour Patch Kids either. And my body would say, let me no. expel those Sour Patch Kids before you exert yourself further. And I'm guessing that is what your body is doing. I have to agree. I mean, that was, like, my first, like, thought when I saw that occur. I was, like, the Sour Patch Kids have struck we need like a what vomit analyst to like look at the No, vomit. we don't. No, we do not need to give vomit any more attention than it has already garnered this season. I'm tired of turning on games and seeing just random players just like baby spit upping on the side yeah. of the field or just like on the field or it's so gross. I hate it so much. It all started with Nebraska. Like, literally, what did they do to curse the entirety of college football? <laughs> I don't know. But By just, I, guess, be, I guess just being in Nebraska was enough for everyone to be like, Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine next week, Blake Corum, and then the, was it Nebraska's offensive line that was throwing up three to five times a day? Yeah. Oh, like, my God. I don't want to see it. the battle of the I will turn the stomach game off. problems. <laughs> I will turn the game off. <laughs> <laughs> okay but genuinely throw up is like not something i like i yeah what not, <laughs> no it's not something i like like it's the oh thought of you it, said is something i like <laughs> why <laughs> no like i would honestly like other like bathroom activities like are way more like palatable to me like throwing up like the thought of it just makes me feel sick Ugh. Yes, I can't physically stomach looking at it. Okay, let's, let's move on. All right, let's, let's move, move on. on because it's really just making me sad as if I'm like watching it with my own eyes once more. It's making me feel sick. <laughs> okay. So maybe for that reason alone, is, is, is this a segue to giving Blake Horm the vibe the vibes? Oh, no. <laughs> but it can be if you want it to be. Okay. I was like, well, you disappeared for a second. Anywho, I want Vibe the Vibes to go to the receiver of the Michael Award. Thank you. Okay, that was what I was thinking as well. Okay. Okay, awesome. So that was the joint award, Vibe the Vibes and the Michael Award. Okay, you had me in the first half, like Rutgers did, because I was like, please. <laughs> Not to throw up being the segue to Vibe the Vibes. <laughs> Yeah, so Mike Morris had two of the three interceptions, one of them being a pick six. So that obviously gets him to Michael's status and mm -hmm. also vibed the vibes award. Um, also, Harley, didn't you say that Jake Butt like made our joke on the broadcast? Oh, yeah. What did I text you? That he had said Mike Morris has come full circle to Michael. Yeah. Does he? I mean, I'm sure, Jake like, Butt, just, if like, you're the listening. The way it was said. It sounded like it came across as, like, how you had just said it, but I'm sure he was, like, 
come full circle to be like Mike as like Michael Bear was doing whatever X, Y, and Z. And I was like, you know mm. what? I think I just heard that he became a Michael. So like confirmed, Mike confirmed. Barrett is Mike Michael. to Michael. Mike to yeah. Michael. The Mike to Michael pipeline is at the University of Michigan. Correct. Um. Yeah, so and there's also a quote from, like, one of our other Michael candidates, Mike Morris, and he said, mm-hmm. man, I am so proud of Mike B, which, like, leads me to wonder, <laughs> like, did they go by Mike B, Mike M, Mike S, Mike, Coach Mike H, and so on and so forth? <laughs> and so forth? I, um, I don't know if I told you this, Harley, I have a new roommate named Hannah, and I'm like, are mm-hmm. we gonna have to, like, call each other Hannah H and Hannah N? Uh, do you? Uh, I don't I mean, like, I don't call her that, but we have yet to be you in, like, a room with a, another person who, like, addresses like, both of us. Okay, so if I showed up, I'd call you Hannah H. I guess so. In my kindergarten okay. class, there were three Hannahs. There's me, Hannah T, and Hannah A. Oh, and you were just Hannah? No, I was, I was Hannah H, obviously. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, who became the true Hannah? <laughs> there was also two Christophers in my class, but, like, one volunteered to go by Christopher and one volunteered to go by Chris to, like, clear up any okay. confusion. Okay. Good for them. <laughs> yeah, thanks. On behalf of them. I mean, I guess, like, at one point I became, like, Harley J, and then there was a Harley D. When? In high school. There were two Harleys in your high school? There was oh, two, like and you've told she me was before. in my graduating class, yeah. Were you the... Wow. How many Harleys are there that you've that you've met? That's the only one that I know of. Yeah, I don't think I... I mean, like, I've heard of dogs named Harley. I guess there was, like, one time, like, we went to B-dubs to watch football, and the waiter was named Harley, and when his boss, like called harley i like looked up and i was like how does he know my name (laughs) but it was like in reference to like the waiter (laughs) Mm -hmm. Hmm, so harley's like a so that was like technically yeah it is like if you like look up like harley like the majority of them will probably come up as like men interesting oh yeah Mm -hmm. wasn't there like um okay no never mind we can have this conversation (laughs) later (laughs) (laughs) okay let's give the next true insight to our like (laughs) day-to-day it's as if you're like actually on the phone with us right now (laughs) okay the next award is the windy award harley do you want to elaborate further on that one yes because ohio state is only good if the weather is perfect and so the owner of the Windy Award goes out to the Ohio State Buckeyes because they only beat Northwestern, who is 1-8 in conference, by 14 points. And like I said, C.J. Stroud is a Heisman contender. We all know like he can absolutely light up any team he's gone up against. And yet, he threw for less than 100 yards against Northwestern. And the entire offense had... Well, you know, it was only two yards, but still... They were outgamed 285 to 283. And, you know, maybe... I don't know what that says about a team, but I cannot believe something has occurred to the state to which, at the end of the day, you only beat Northwestern by 14. I also, like, this... So Michigan should be ahead of Ohio State right now in the CFP, but who am I to say? And also, like, it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, only two of us are going to be in the top four. Or only one of us 
is going to be in the top four. Maybe. Um, maybe. We'll see. We'll see, though. I guess it depends on, because TCU, yeah, no, I guess it depends, because mm. there will be multiple one-loss teams. Mm. Um, there could be. But either way, whoever is, like, there will be a clear way of determining who is above the other, because we're going to go head-to-head. Um, I do think that this, I mean, this week looked good for Michigan in terms of the Michigan-Ohio State game outlook. And particularly mm-hmm. if there is any weather during the Michigan-Michigan State game, or Michigan-Ohio State game, Michigan has, like, a clear advantage in any form of weather. I mean, that's kind of like a, a cop-out, so you don't necessarily want that to happen, but I'm just, just putting that know, out there. like, their stadium is also, like, obviously all of them are, like, outdoor stadiums. So I'm like, you're playing in the same weather. It apparently the was, excuse like, here? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, looking at it, I think it was, like, over, like, what? It was, like, 45 miles an hour hour winds. Yeah, they were super fast. Yeah. So, like, I get that. But at the same time, like, using that as, like, a cop-out excuse is kind of, like, lame. Yeah, I agree. Do you want to give the next two as well? Of course. So, Michigan basketball returned to us on, what was this, yesterday? Yeah, yesterday afternoon for me, evening for the rest of you. Um... Because you're the only you're person watching, who's on the West Coast. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're going to hand out the uh, MBB men's basketball diaper dandy of the week. And that, well, I guess there'll probably be more chances for diaper dandies. But, you know, at the time of this podcast, the diaper dandy is no other than Jet Howard himself in his starting debut um, for the Michigan Wolverines. He had 21 points to outscore his own father in his freshman debut. Um, but, you know, when I was comparing them, it's like apples and oranges there because obviously they play two different positions. But anywho, we also the other award in the realm of Michigan men's basketball goes out to Hunter Dickinson. He had his 1,000-point uh, game. All he needed was 12. He got 22 by the end of the game. And so the 1,000-point award courtesy of the basketball that now says his name in a thousand points goes to none other than the big man himself. Hunter Dickinson. Uh, mm-hmm. Jet Howard is a star, definitely. Mm-hmm. I am so excited to... Yeah, he's... He's so fun shining. to watch. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Also, um, okay, <laughs> I keep getting off topic, but Harley, <laughs> I sent you a, a screenshot of something I saw on Facebook today. Because it was, mm. like, the tallest woman in the world got to ride a plane for the oh. first time. And they had to remove, mm-hmm. like, six seats from economy to fit her in because she's so tall. And then they were, like, she's at, like, seven foot one. And then I was, like, okay, I do believe that the tallest woman in the world is, like, seven feet tall. Because, mm-hmm. obviously, like, women don't tend to be that tall. <laughs> but then, like, <laughs> if they had to, like, go to all of those, like extremes to like fit her on a plane like what is hunter dickinson and john tusky like what are they doing on like a regular basis there are plenty of big men i feel like she should just be in the exit row right like i don't get why like they had to go to all these lengths when like there are plenty of just like it's not like a, a common height for men but it's like we know like we could name like five off the top of our head who are either in college basketball or in the NBA, who are over seven feet tall. So I don't get why mm-hmm. she had to have the whole, like, bus for it. <laughs> it's very bizarre. Um, I mean, I guess it also depends. 
because she didn't charter, and sometimes Michigan does charter. That's true. And, um, you know, maybe he does what Russell Wilson does and just does high knees in the <laughs> walkway. Can you imagine um, Hunter Dickinson trying to do high knees in the walkway? His head would be, like, banging against the roof of the plane. Hunter Dickinson, if you ever listen to this podcast, please send a video of you doing high knees on the charter plane and or a Delta economy um, row. Please. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but yeah, I guess I'll just take the time to also just summarize what occurred um, in the Purdue-Fort Wayne game. Um, so Michigan basketball, obviously, ranked number 22 in the nation. Uh, beat Purdue Fort Wayne seventy five to fifty six, um, and he said Hunter Dickinson led the team with a double double. He had twenty two points off of nine of eleven shooting from the floor, uh, twelve rebounds. Jet Howard, again previously mentioned, um, shining star, with twenty one points at the end of the game. Um, Joey Baker, one of our transfers from Duke. Um, came off the bench, shot 50% from three, ended up with nine points off the bench. And, like, a lot of people were talking about being able to stretch the floor some more, actually have some perimeter shooting. Um, Jet Howard had five threes in the game. Really helps, um, especially, like, players like Hunter Dickinson. This team's going to be really good. They were pretty solid on the defensive end of the floor as well. Um, so I'm really excited for this team. And so should the rest of you. Uh, they'll play Eastern on Friday evening. The women's basketball team also starts their season tomorrow night against Delaware State. So be sure to tune in and watch them as well, as they should also be pretty good this year. Um, I also just want to point out, we right now tentatively our plan for the pod, if you're wondering, is we're going to keep the same format we've been doing throughout football season and kind of do it this way where we just recap any key points with basketball towards the end of the podcast. And then Michigan football season like tends to end around the time that conference play starts in basketball. So then we'll just keep the same mm-hmm. format but use it for basketball. Um, but obviously like if anything big happens in basketball between now and the end of the football season, which is really only a couple more weeks, um, we'll – We'll figure it out. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the plan for now. Um, okay, moving in to preview, right? Is this what we're moving mm-hmm. on to? Okay, we're going to preview. to preview. Previewing Michigan's game against the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Michigan opened as a 28.5 point favorite. Nebraska's three and six, and the two things that the Nebraska is known most for is being bad and firing Scott Frost, um, which honestly, that feels like a lifetime ago that we were like, will they it fire does. Scott Frost? And then we're like, they did. And then also, like, Paul Christ was fired, like, around the same time. Feels like so long ago. <laughs> it feels like so long ago, and yet it's still so funny. Still because so Because Nebraska would rather just, like, put themselves into debt trying to pay off that man <laughs> then have him coach a second longer. And remember when he and Jim Harbaugh got so many like comparisons? Like they're both the products. Yeah, but now it's like yeah. more of a compa- and contrast than a compare. <laughs> yeah, no comparisons can be made. Um, Harley, do you have any art to share with us? I. <laughs> I do. I do. 
These are little poems that we made. <laughs> and let's see. I have um, one for the man of himself, Mr. Scott Frost. You wrote him a poem? I did. I did. I that's that's so sweet of you. <laughs> you wrote him five I, the, poems? The, the, no, like the little acrostic one. So I have like descriptors for each letter of his Oh, okay. Last name. Ready? Okay. I have fired. <laughs> Regular. Odd. Stinky. Terrible. <laughs> Why is he regular and odd? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Snaps oh out to me. <laughs> okay. Do you have any art to present to the rest of the class <laughs> yeah. that can top my Scott Frost poem? <laughs> I don't think it can top your Scott Frost poem because I like how it started with fired. <laughs> also, it's a perfect descriptor. <laughs> a side note, I asked Harley to write an acrostic poem about J.J. McCarthy this week and she said, joy jovial and i feel like that really <laughs> sums him up quite well <laughs> okay i have a poem about nebraska okay okay nebraska ever hoping for more barely hanging on ranked 75 in fpi abysmal sad knobby a bad team knobby <laughs> <laughs> It's so deep. There's so many layers that I could just pick apart with this. I was absolutely entranced. Do you like how poetry? The N in Nebraska stood for Nebraska because it's like honestly, yeah. (laughs) I think it opened up the poem like really well. Thank you. Yeah, because it like just like the fired. It signifies Nebraska. (laughs) Just like fired signifies Scott Frost. Nebraska signifies Nebraska. Correct. There's no other way to describe Nebraska as other than Nebraska. <laughs> You're so right. <laughs> I feel like this lack of sleep and following the football team around is really getting to me. Um, You're so doing yeah. great. Thank you. Michi- this game is also at 3.30, just for you guys to know. It sure so is. So I finally get to watch like a noon game, so it'll be great. <laughs> and I finally get to watch a 3.30 game, which we honestly have not had in a long time um so michigan plays nebraska this week and then they play illinois and then they play ohio state so we Mm -hmm. are approaching the end of the season um we have been favored by more than a touchdown i think every single game so the season the game previews haven't been much which is why we had to move into acrostic poems but to be honest Mm -hmm. it is like Unless something funky happens, which I say this every week, funky stuff happens in football, so I'm not saying Mm -hmm. it won't, but it's looking like it will be an undefeated Michigan and an undefeated Ohio State. So hang on to your hats. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And with that, we will talk to you next week. And as always, go blue. Go blue.